All right, back on the Young Turks. Uh, first of all, let me tell you that uh, we are covering uh, some of the political rallies that are happening now because of the presidential campaign, including the Bernie Sanders rallies. Uh, so we've got one coming up on Thursday night at seven o'clock Eastern. You can see that at facebook.com slash rebelhq. If you've been watching all the Bernie rallies, uh, you might have seen our next guest on one of them. So joining me now is Representative Ro Khanna uh, from the great state of California. Uh, Representative Khanna, good to have you here. Great to be back on, Jake. All right, so you are a campaign co-chair for Bernie Sanders. So you're very early in the campaign. You know, I don't know this. Are you the first congressperson to endorse Bernie Sanders? I am, other than his home state, the congressperson Peter Welch and Senator Leahy. We endorsed at the same time, but he has the support of both of his home state congressperson and senator. Right, that makes sense. And so in a sense, I'm sorry to do this to you, but that would make you his Jeff Sessions. <laughs> <laughs> now you're not gonna recuse yourself from anything, are you? you no, know, exactly, I don't want Bernie Sanders mocking my accent in some speech to, to Democrats. You know? <laughs> okay, so in all seriousness, um, so why uh, endorse so early and, and why be uh, Senator Sanders campaign co-chair? Well, what I tell people is uh, there are a lot of candidates in the field who would make a fine president, but there's one candidate who would make uh, a transformational president. And I think you and I have talked about this. I've talked about this with David Sirota. Uh, He will be transformational on foreign policy. Uh, There will be no unconstitutional wars under his administration. Uh, He's going to have far greater restraint and respect for human rights. And he will be transformational on economic policy. He's finally going to have an economic agenda uh, that helps uh, working families, that helps people get into the middle class, that isn't tailored to uh, shareholders and investment investors and the financial elite. So let, you mentioned foreign policy first, so let's uh, go there. So you guys work together on a resolution uh, about Yemen. So where, where does that stand right now in terms of the House and the Senate? Well, believe it or not, we passed it through the House, we passed it through the Senate, but for a whole bunch of procedural reasons, which I won't get into, uh, it has to be done again. So they're gonna pass it in the Senate tomorrow or Thursday, and then we need to repass it through the House, which we will uh, the week after we're back in recess, and then it will go to the President's desk. So that's almost certainly going to happen, that it's gonna be brought to Trump? I am, I mean, you never can say uh, for certain in uh, in politics, but, uh, I'm very, very confident uh, that uh, uh, we have uh, the votes in both the Senate and the House. And it would be the first time in history that uh, a bill has passed both the House and the Senate. It's already the first time in history that a bill has passed the House and the Senate that's a war powers resolution. Uh, But it'll be uh, another first when it goes to the president's desk. No war powers resolution has ever gone to the president's desk before. So that's weird because the, the two folks that I keep hearing uh, are not practical enough to work with the other side are Bernie Sanders and you, but yet somehow you got this to pass through the Republican Senate working together and uh, and got a lot of Republicans on board in the House as well. Hmm. We did, I mean, it's uh, remarkable. I mean, I uh, this is why I lead with the, the, this issue for Bernie Sanders. Uh, he's gotten something very consequential done. I mean, no one has been able to do it since 1973. It's addressing the greatest humanitarian disaster in the world world right now. Almost 14 million people face famine. I was with Martin Griffith 
uh, yesterday, who was the UN envoy there, and he said that if we don't end the Saudi blockade and if we don't increase aid to $4.2 billion, uh, we're really going to see one of the worst, world's worst famines. Uh, so he's gotten this done, and he's gotten it done working not just with Republicans, but working uh, with Democratic leadership. Uh, you don't get anything passed through the Senate or the House uh, if the leadership is opposed to you. So this idea that Bernie Sanders can't build coalitions or doesn't understand how to work with leadership is just bogus. Here's what Bernie Sanders understands, that to get leadership to work with you, to get Republicans to work with you, you don't do that from the inside. You do it from the outside. You first build a popular movement. You first mobilize folks on the ground, and that leads to successful action in Washington, D.C. So his model is inside out as opposed to, uh, I mean, outside in as opposed to uh, inside out. And I think that's what confuses folks. Yes, but uh, you mentioned Democratic leadership there. And so let's get into a little bit of uncomfortable grounds. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I always know we do that when I come on your show, Jen. I know, sure. I know. <laughs> so uh, they're not huge fans of the outside in um, strategy and uh, they don't love being pressured. I guess that's somewhat understandable, it's human nature. Uh, but um, Nancy Pelosi just yesterday said uh, that she's not considering impeachment at all. Um, I, I don't wanna put words in her mouth, so I don't wanna say that she said it's off the table, but but she's certainly not considering it. Um, given that, that there are a lot of improprieties and not just improprieties, but potentially illegal actions that Donald Trump's taken, including what you uncovered in the congressional hearings of, of Michael Cohen, uh, where the Trump Organization seems to have clearly done financial fraud. Is that a, an advisable strategy to not consider impeachment at all? I don't think it's advisable, and I don't think it needs to be bipartisan. I think we, if she had said uh, what she's always been saying until yesterday, that we need to look at the reports, we need to look at the evidence, we need to get constitutional scholars like Lawrence Tribe and Akhil Amar and Bruce Ackerman, uh, and others to testify in front of Congress and see whether it constitutes high crimes and misdemeanors and see what the constitutional precedent uh, is that we'd be setting, uh, especially knowing that we may not get a conviction in the Senate, but what their advice would be uh, given that we know that there were likely crimes by this president and certainly involvement in a criminal uh, conspiracy. That would be, I think, fair. Instead, uh, I think she was uh, a little too dismissive uh, of impeachment, and and we have a constitutional duty to uh, see this through uh, the evidence and uh, have hearings, uh, regardless of the politics. Do you know if anyone is following up on uh, the questions you asked about financial fraud uh, of Michael Cohen? Uh, because your uh, questions seem to be, and his answers, more importantly, of course, well, you were the only one that brought up this particular angle during the day, uh, seem to be fairly devastating about uh, them assigning uh, different uh, reasons for the checks that they were giving out at the Trump Organization. So do you know if anybody's following up on that? Well, Jack, I think uh, it was absolutely devastating. I mean, Cohen testified that the president is sitting in the Oval Office. Imagine this, in his first year as president, and he's writing checks to this lawyer uh, trying to cover up for uh, the uh, money that uh, Cohen gave Stormy Daniels. And there is reporting that uh, while he's writing these checks every month, uh, he pre right before that had a meeting with a head of state or a senator. And here the president is consumed in covering up uh, what Cohen did. And he's directing uh, Donald Trump Jr. and Alan Weisberg uh, at the Trump Organization to cook the books. To, he doesn't want to just write these checks 
uh, out of his personal account. He does that a couple of times. But then he says, I got to cover my cracks. And so he tells the Trump organization, you write the check out of the Trump organization and make it about legal services. That's financial fraud. I mean, any company, it would be financial fraud. You can't tell uh, a company uh, to, to cook their books and uh, start paying people uh, without uh, for services that weren't rendered. So I have no doubt that the Southern District of New York is looking into this. And that's why I think the president has huge legal exposure uh, in the Southern District of New York. Uh, but I also uh, am convinced that the Oversight Committee, my committee, is going to continue to look into this. We're going to call Alan Weisselberg uh, to testify. Uh, we're going to try to get Rana Graf, uh, the president's uh, personal assistant, and others in the uh, organization. I mean, you guys are put in this awkward situation that if you uncover crimes, but the Speaker of the House, who's in your party, has said we're not going to investigate impeachment. I, I got to ask you, what do you do? Because I don't know what you would do. How do you handle that situation? Well, she gave herself an out. She said if there was convincing evidence of a high crime and misdemeanor, uh, then we need to act. Uh, and I think that. Uh, We've got to see what's in the Mueller report. And my view is there's going to be some pretty explosive uh, conclusions on obstruction of justice at the very least. We need to see uh, what where these committees uh, lead and where the Southern District of New York leads uh, and then make a determination. But uh, the but Nancy Pelosi should not be, I think, prejudging the issue. And I say that as someone I would say, you, you know, there's no reason to prejudge the issue either way if we're jurors that have the responsibility uh, to uh, conduct this investigation and then make a determination. I just don't see what's gained by saying that uh, we aren't going to pursue a particular path. Okay, that, and that makes sense, and and I think that's where a lot of the American people are. Um, so uh, let me say in Democratic Party politics for one more uh, minute here. Uh, so uh, there are uh, some significant rumors for good reason that there will be primaries, which happens every year, every election cycle. But yeah. since a number of people won in primaries against incumbent Democrats last time around, there seems to be more concern within Washington. What is your stance in general about primaries? I think they're a good thing. Their competition is healthy for democracy. How can anyone not be for competition, for healthy primaries, for more people running? I had I beat an incumbent. That's how I got to Congress. I had four people run against me the last time when my first reelection. Uh, I debated my opponents. I went to editorial board meetings with my opponents. I treated them with respect, and I was fortunate to win. So I don't understand why anyone needs to fear competition. That would make sense. Certainly, uh, people who beat incumbents it would be weirdly hypocritical to say you should not challenge incumbents, uh, but. Uh, but unfortunately, a lot of folks in that building do think that way. Okay, but Ro Khanna is not among them. Uh, and uh, he was early to the Just Democrats, he's early to the Bernie Sanders campaign, uh, early to uh, the issue of Yemen and uh, to higher wages at places like Walmart and Amazon. And he has proved prescient on all of those grounds. So uh, great to have you with us as well, always. Uh, well, thank you, Jenk. And, and I just want to commend uh, Justice Democrats because I think it is changed the thinking on money and politics in the building. It's changed the thinking about grassroots organizing. And I think it's given people courage to get up and uh, run and to say, uh, you know, I can do this. Uh, if, if AOC could do it, if uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib could do it, if Pramila could do it, uh, I can get involved. So uh, you, uh, your work is 
uh, changing uh, politics. And uh, I, I, I'm confident Bernie is going to uh, take that to a, a, a new level and new heights in 2020. All right, Representative Rokana, thank you so much for joining us on the Young Turks. Thank you, Jane. All right. So uh, when we come back, uh, the world champion is in the studio. We'll be right back. All right, we're back on the Young Turks with the world champ, Judah Friedlanders here. Uh, what kind of black belt do you have, Judah? I'm not even sure at this point. It's nobody knows the name of it. Okay, yeah, it's, it's it, just uh, like maybe like even a black hole, like yeah, or something. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Okay, it's, it's, it's around five thousand pounds. That's all I know. Okay, wow, carrying around yep. a five thousand pound belt—that's amazing. Yep. Uh, so, uh, you know, Judah's been on. If you don't know, uh, been on a thousand shows, thousand movies, uh, thirty rock, etc. But uh, you. I was watching your Netflix special with my eight-year-old son, mm -hmm. which is a little dangerous, okay? So if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's called America is the Greatest Country in the United States. And factually, nobody can argue with that. No one. America I, is the greatest country in the United States. Uh, e can't e argue that. Even, even the, the libs can't argue with that. Nobody We're can. number one in this country, yep. okay? Number one. And, uh, and so I'm watching with my eight-year-old. And you were surprisingly clean. We like we had like two curse words in like the first twenty minutes. Okay. And so like I kept it going, and then yeah. like and then it got a little too choppy. Yeah, there might be. I mean, basically, I mean, my act is is tons of jokes, lots of one-liners, lots of crowd work, and it's what I'm doing now is all satire on basically American exceptionalism and our domestic and foreign policy and all the big human rights issues of the day. Um, so yeah, so I do, you know, my act is there's a lot of absurdity in it. There's a lot of, a lot of it can be like really out there. So yeah, so sometimes it might go into areas where you're like, okay, this kid should not be watching this. No, but on the other hand, like the one-liners and the absurdities, he yeah. loved. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so I was, I, I was enjoying how your, you know, your meta humor on, yeah. on America, etc., yeah, yeah. and in the sexualism, etc. And meanwhile, he's just liking it on the simple level. Awesome. Right? Well, you know, with comedy, that's something, you know, I try to do. Because, you know, sometimes when I'm doing shows, there might be someone and, you know, people like across pretty much every political, you know, from, from way to the left to way to the right, who, I mean, sometimes I'll make people angry on, on many different you know, factions. Yeah. But sometimes even people way to the right will really be digging it. You know. Yeah. So it's, well, so some it's of them might not get it. To be honest. Well, some of them, <laughs> some of them, some people um, do. Yeah, may may think it's you know um, not jokes and not, might might be serious. You know what? You, you got to go on Fox because yeah. if you go on Fox News and Trump sees it, yeah. He might well, I think love he's, it. He I might. think he's stolen from me a few times. You know, I, I really, I mean, first of all, with the hats, you know. Oh, that's and, true. You know, that's with the hats, true. he's totally stolen, you know. And if you look at him, his hats are red and white. You know, last time I checked, this country is red, white, and blue. So to me, he seems like he's a, a secret, you know, pro Canada uh, president. You know, oh, which is not right. Ooh. Yeah. To be fair, though, Canada also happens to be number one in Canada. So true. just to in be fair. In my opinion, Canada. Number three ranked country in North America. Okay. USA, Mexico, Canada, distant third. Mm, fighting words, fighting words. Uh, but if you go on Fox News and say America is the greatest country, America is the greatest country in the United States, 
There's like a 58% chance Donald Trump tweets that. They they might. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. But you know, the way the way I do my comedy is, you know, my comedy's for everybody, you know. I mean, I'm someone who's, you know, way the left. You know, I'm all for freedom and human rights and fighting for that. But, you know, so I don't think, you know, I'm not expecting for people when I'm doing shows, I'm not expecting if people to like be on the same, you know, political ideology as me. Because yeah, most mo- most are not. So I'm satirizing everything. So I think, you know, I kind of do it in a way where, you know, I don't like to tell people what to think, but, you know, get them thinking and then they could, you know, come up with what they want, you know. Yeah, of course. That's that's how world champs roll. Exactly. But, 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 but basically, you know, I think anyone who's in a giant position of power is likely to be corrupt, you know, no, no, no matter who it is. Right. And you know, anyone seeking that, anyone who's part of that system, um, you know, I think you know most governments are done to oppress people and to um, you know to use people, but so hopefully yeah. we'll change that. That's why people should vote for me. You know, uh, oh, the, oh, because you're going to run for president. What are you doing? Uh, I'm standing for president. I'm not running for president. Running means you're scared. <laughs> I'm standing, standing. I'm holding my ground. I'm saying I don't know when this could happen, but you know, I, I could be the future president of the United States. So. Well, you did come up with the hat thing, mm-hmm. and and you know, and you you do use more colors than Trump, so yeah. there's that. Yeah. What, 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 so Judah's got a future president tour, where, yeah. which you can find out the dates and stuff. He's Caroline's in New York soon, uh, March 22nd through 24th. But go to JudahFriedlander.com to get tickets uh, all over the country. But what would you do as future president, Judah? Well, I'm, I I might be the only candidate for reparations. I'm I've uh-huh. been for reparations, mm-hmm. you know, and some people. You know, wonder like, you know, what are you gonna do? You gonna pay money, land, and uh, I say white slavery. Let's try it out. White slavery. Well, you know, and, fair is fair. And and think about it. If 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 our government actually announced we're gonna do reparations mm-hmm. for uh, Black Americans, descendants of slaves, um, and then there would be, you know, that would be very controversial. Yeah, there'd a be a bit lot, there would be a lot of white people very upset. Yeah, I think so. And then they might be like, oh, we don't want to be slaves. And then they might actually be like, "Hey, let's well, let's talk about financial reparations. Maybe that is a good idea." See, oh, if you, if you go, if you go, you see what I'm saying? It's all, I see. It's see, all politics. You know why? But then you can actually do the white slavery. But if you don't, then you could be like, "Well, let's talk about money then." See, it's which um, martial art are you uh, world champ at? I don't even know at this point. You know, nobody track. even knows. <laughs> Lost track. But I felt a little jujitsu in there, like because. So you went a little further than the rest of the left, and you said go all the way to white slavery. I'm a radical. I'm right. a radical. So that we can compromise on reparations. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> that's not what I would want, but I'm saying that's a possibility of what could happen, which I think would would make people happy. Yeah. You know. Well, but for a second now, of course, we're white slavery. Okay, because the right wing takes well, everything so literally, right? Well, okay. Those but. are your words. Those aren't mine. <laughs> It's it's been in my campaign platform for over two years. Is white slavery reparations? So, but even you and that saying, I guess myself maybe. You know, no, no, I mean, I'm going to get to that I, in a I second. Don't that. think I didn't notice that irony. Yeah. Um, so, but when you say it for even a second, it, people will go, "Are you you crazy? That's terrible!" Oh, right, that was terrible. Right. right. Like so, there's a little bit yeah. of an epiphany right yeah, yeah. in that moment. So, uh, Judah, now. Uh, let's deal with that head on that irony. Yes. You're you're at this point you're the president. Uh, mm-hmm. right now you're future president, but at that point you will be the president. Right. And you're also the world champ, but you're also white. So well, what it happens? Well, depends on there? how you define white. Okay. You know, you could define white as as uh, you know, what what 
what color your actual skin is, or is it a that's social, usually what people or is with. it a social construct uh-huh. meant to uh, oppress people, uh, or not oppress people, or privilege certain people? So I don't I don't even like to use any any of the terms like that. I see. So you might be white. It could be I don't I don't view it as a state of mind, you know, and I think many people do. So when you see that form that says white, do they mean are they meaning your physicality? What what your color is because you know. Right. If if you had a color test, uh, it wouldn't be white, you know. Uh, uh, but so so that it must be a social construct meant so, to uh privilege some people and Take away privilege from so, other people. So if you're saying you might be epidermally white, uh, but not necessarily socially white. I think this is the only part here, <laughs> okay. which is gentrified. Yeah, this that's true. This, you is are- this is gentrified, <laughs> that's, that's it. Have- and believe me, I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. <laughs> I'm fighting it, but it just it just keeps expanding. It just uh, keeps expanding, it, but I am fighting it. I think there's a Whole Foods in your beard. Uh- <laughs> now- now I I just got really depressed. I I did not want that. Whole Foods is a great company, yeah. aren't they? Just always giving those prisoners jobs like that. You know, all these companies are so fake. I think these big corporations. You uh-huh. know, Nike giving those you know little kids jobs in other countries. Um, you know, acting woke. You know, supporting Kaepernick. Yeah. Yet Nike still makes all of the Washington Redskins uniforms. So mm-hmm. so much for their. Mm-hmm. Racial equality. I got you. Wokeness, yes. You know. See, well, I think you've lived up to the fact that uh, what you said that you're left. Uh, so, so, and, and I love that, like the right. I'm, I'm freedom. I'm all about. Freedom. You're, you're about freedom. You're about, about America. Okay. Yep. Uh, and and the right wing will always be like freedom of speech, and you know you guys don't get it. Tucker Carlson was joking or whatever. And then if somebody like Judas says something, they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're not allowed to joke about that. Okay, so do you get that at all? Do you get people saying, hey, that's not cool to, to joke about X, Y, or Z? Um, not usually. I mean, usually, um, you know, what I think what I do kind of get sometimes is like the the conversation we've just had in the last five minutes. If I was on network television, they probably would not allow that. Period. So it's, um, I think, I think um, you know, with mainstream television today, things have gotten so corporate. The comedy business has gotten so corporate. They're so afraid of getting letters from any person that they're they don't they they want to just keep it really bland and generic. So I think there would be less um, kickback from audience and and more from. The business structure, you, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's why my my last stand up special. You know, I made that on my own because I don't oh, think right? I, I don't think anyone would have greenlit it. You know, and I'm ready to make another one. And my last one I sold to Netflix. Currently, Netflix they won't email me back. You know, and uh-huh. it might be because of some of the things I was talking about on there. So I, I don't know. Um, but uh, but I see it popping up in like. Uh, in the popular sections and stuff on Netflix, so that is weird. That okay, they're not well that's calling good. you. That's back. good. You know, I we don't know. We have no idea. I think it's done better overseas than here sometimes, and I don't know all the reasons for that. But yeah. um, I, I think overseas they're more likely to agree that America is the best country in the United States. Well, they better, or else you know what we're going to do. <laughs> that's usually the case. I yes. just want to say right off the bat, I feel very sorry for any country that doesn't have oil because they will never know what it's like to have us liberate them. <laughs> I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. Just want to say that. Just want to say that. I never thought about it that way, and that's oof, man, that yeah. is that is troubling. 
So go go look for some oil so we can liberate you. Yep. All right. Meanwhile, everybody else, look for the uh, Judah in your neck of the woods, judahfriedlander.com to find out where he's going. And he's going to Caroline's on Broadway in New York, uh, 22nd, 24th, uh, 29th, he's in Massachusetts, etc. You get it, go to the website. Uh, world champ and future president, Judah Friedlander, yeah. always great to have you here. Thanks so much, great to see you. All right. Okay, uh, when we come back, uh, a number of topics that we promised you guys during the show. We have the last half hour for just members, tyt.com slash join, uh, or if you want a free trial, tyt.com slash trial. All right, we'll be right back.